Coming up on this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, I am away with my family on a trip, but I've got something for you that I hope you'll enjoy. I sit down with professional car detailer Jeff McGovern of Immaculate Reflections for a lengthy and <clears throat> detailed interview about taking the best care of your Tesla. I hope you enjoy it. What's happening, friends? I'm Brian McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, episode 330 for November 28th, 2021. For all of my American listeners, I want to say happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. I hope all of you are safe, healthy, enjoying some time together, enjoying a lovely meal uh, on this big holiday, the official kickoff to the holiday season. Here we go. 2021 is almost over. Uh, as you have already figured out by now from my intro at the top, I am away this week uh, spending time with my family. And, you know, I take a lot of pride in doing this podcast every single week, never missing a week without fail. Uh, but it is nice to take just a break, just a mental health break to just put it down for a week. Enjoy that time with my family. So I have prepared for that. Uh, while by giving you this episode, which is the interview with Jeff McGovern from Immaculate Reflections. I hope you'll enjoy it. I hope it doesn't sound like an ad. You know, I know I mention Jeff every at the end of every show. He's a great detailer, friend of the podcast. He's done a lot of work. I've spent a good bit of money with him, but uh, he's my detailer. I mean, he's my guy. And I do get asked about car detailing a lot and detailing the Tesla. And I get a lot of questions. What about this one? What about that one? And, and I'm certainly no expert. I mean, I've, I've just picked up what I've learned over the last few years of talking to Jeff, spending time with him, uh, having him work on my car. So I thought, OK, well, why don't I just sit down with Jeff and have him talk to you directly and answer your questions? In fact, uh, you'll hear in the back half of the interview, I had solicited questions via from you guys from the audience via my Instagram a few weeks back uh, that was for this very interview which I recorded uh, whatever a few weeks ago it was while I was at his shop getting my illuminated door sill plates installed we he was nice enough to, to take some extra time with me we sat down for what is a 50 minute interview and so I hope you enjoy it I hope you find it informative and as always I will be back next week with a quote-unquote live show with all the current Tesla news. I'll catch up on whatever I've missed. But for now, I hope you'll enjoy this interview about detailing with Jeff McGovern. But first, real quick, a word from Wholesome Bakery, and then we'll roll right into the interview. If you haven't already heard, I have got to tell you about the incredible guilt-free goodies at Wholesome Bakery. As you may know, I can't eat dairy, so for me, finding genuinely delicious desserts can be tricky because, of course, so many great treats out there are made with milk, butter, or cream. That's why they taste good. But years ago, I found out about Wholesome Bakery, which is a local San Francisco women-owned business here where everything they make is plant-based. That means nothing has dairy, which is great news for me, but not only that, everything on the menu is organic, gluten-free, soy-free, and free of refined sugar so you'll never have that crazy sugar crash. 
Some years back when I first found them, I tried their cookie sandwiches. It's two cookies with a coconut-based cream filling between them, and I fell in love with them right then and there. These are genuinely, I kid you not, the most delicious dairy-free treats that I've ever had. And quite honestly, I'd put them up against any dairy-based treats as well. That's how good they are, in my opinion. They've got several flavors. Uh, I love the chocolate chip. I'm also a fan of the caramel and the peanut butter chocolate cookie with sea salt as well. But they've also got a big menu of other great baked goods too, like paleo-friendly fudge brownies, marzipan truffles, and much more. With the holidays basically here now, they have a great selection of holiday favorites to choose from, like fudge, cookies, and pumpkin chocolate loaves. And I gotta be honest with you, I've said this before, but unlike any of the other sponsorships I've ever had from time to time on this podcast, I sought Wholesome Bakery out here and not the other way around. I'm just a huge fan of their products. And now that they ship anywhere in the United States, I wanted to shout about it from the rooftops to all of you. You gotta try these out, my friends. I promise that you will not regret it. Check them out at wholesomebakery.com. Use the coupon code NEWFRIEND, all one word, NEWFRIEND, for 10% off. That's N-E-W-F-R-I-E-N-D at checkout for 10% off of your first order. My guest this week is Jeff McGovern. He is the owner and proprietor of Immaculate Reflections, a professional automotive detailer here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. You hear me mention Jeff every single week at the end of the show because he has been caring for my car since I got it. It's now been three plus years I take a lot of pride in keeping it nice, and Jeff, you are a huge reason why it is, I think it's nicer than new. And that's really, I think, a big part of what professional detailing is, but that's that's my definition. I am kind of curious, can you just generally define what you do? What is a professional automotive detailer? What are the services? Kind of, what's the business here? Sure. So when, when people hear detailing, the first thing that comes to mind is generally, I'm going to get my car washed and waxed and the carpet shampooed. Uh, yeah, that's, that is detailing. Um, but we go much further than that. So uh, when we work on a car, we usually have it for days. We're doing paint correction. Uh, we're doing ceramic coatings. We're doing paint protection film. All of these are huge services in and of themselves that take a long time to do properly. Um, and they're all designed to make your car look as good as it possibly can and protect it for as long as we possibly can. So uh, is that really, you may have just answered my second question, which is what, what would you say the primary objective of a professional car detailer is? Protection of the paint and, and upkeep of the interior as well. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, now a question I get a lot, a question that I had when I first came to you, there's, there's a lot that you know, of knowledge that you can take in with this. Obviously, you, you're a, a wealth of knowledge. So if somebody's out there and they're hearing about, yeah, paint protection film, but oh, okay, well, there's, there's Expel, there's STEC, there's this one, there's that one. What are the major differences between each of those major paint protection film, which here to be, here, here for to be referred to as PPF for shorthand. So like, what are the big differences between the PPF brands? Well, that's, that's a very loaded question <laughs> in, in this industry. There's a lot of debate on it. Um, to be honest, the, the difference between the films today is, is minimal compared to what it was five years ago, especially 10 years ago. Um, the gap between them 
is much, much smaller. The film companies have gotten much more competitive um, and competition is, is good for business. It yeah. raises everybody up. Um, and if, if you're getting PPF from any of the major well-known brands, you listed a few of those, yeah. um, you're going to have a good product. Um, that's half of it. The other half is picking a good installer. Um, you can have a great film, but if your installer's not good, it's not going to be a great outcome. So uh, when we tell, when people ask us about PPF and they have lots of questions, they're just, they're calling to find out, to, to learn more. We encourage them, ask lots of questions, yeah. call around, do your research, find the place that fits you best, because that is what's going to end up with the best result for your vehicle. So to an extent, it's, it almost sounds like the, the con- comparison that comes to mind is it's almost smartphones. Like you can't, you almost can't buy a bad smartphone now because they've all gotten so good, whether it's Android, iPhone, whatever. And the films are, sounds like largely the same way. It's just, you're almost, you're shopping more for the detailer, for the installer yeah. than you are for the film itself. Yes. <laughs> which, uh, which, I mean, that's, that's, I guess, where the skill and where the trade comes in. So that said, do you have a preferred PPF brand at this point in time yourself, or do you kind of keep them all in the shop and use whatever, you know, are there different ones for different jobs, or, or do you have a preference? We keep a couple options for our customers. Um, you know, most people will ask me what my preferred one is and we'll just go with that yeah um but i do occasionally get that person that says you know i haven't heard of that film brand but i had this brand over here on my last three cars Mm -hmm. and i want that film oh no problem we'll put that on your car um my personal favorite film is is the s-tech dyna shield also called steck you know you tomato tomato s-t-e-k yes Um, the Estec Dyna Shield is my personal favorite. The clarity is just unbelievable on it. It's it's extremely hard to tell that like your fender's wrapped and the door isn't. Yeah. You know. So when you're looking at it, it looks like paint. You've got to get so close to even tell there's a difference. And even when you can tell there's a difference, it still looks really good. Um, but we also carry SunTech Ultra. We get people to ask for that film, um, and we're happy to install it. Nice. I think you were telling me too, because because I same thing. I came to you and I was like, I had heard of Xpel, I had heard of SunTech, I hadn't heard of Stec, but you were telling me uh, you like it. I believe if, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that it's it stretches well, like it's easy to work with, so that you don't get any little creases or, or imperfections in it. Yeah, the flexibility of the the Stec film is really impressive. Um, it it can stretch much further than other films without getting distortions in it. It's it's a very forgiving film to install. Um, and uh, I find the adhesive is nice to work with. Some adhesives are overly aggressive. Um, some of them are not aggressive enough, which makes getting you know sharp corners, edges, and, and, and complex curves down more difficult. Um, but it also depends on the installer. You know, yeah. uh, an installer who's doing custom work is very different than an installer who's doing just basic kits. Um, and if you're doing basic kits, that aggressive adhesive that's offered by some other filmmakers is great because it allows you to put the film down so much faster yeah. and you can make more money. But for me as a detailer first, because I've been a detailer for 20 years, and then, you know, then I adopted film, I looked at it from a perspective of, well, what looks the best? I want the protection, yeah, 
but I don't want to sacrifice how the car looks. Yeah. Because we've all seen, you know, PPF that doesn't look good, you know, or at least most people have. And like, oh, and, and they're turned off by it. Well, I don't want people's car to look, I want their car to look amazing. So that's that's why I, I, I chose the, the Aztec. Film. And that's, I get that a lot because you did my car head to toe, top to bottom, back to front. Most people don't know that there's film on the car, which mm-hmm. which I value. I think that's great that you, that you just can't even tell. Now I'm I'm curious, like how quickly is the technology evolving in your space here? These these film brands, these these protectants, these products, like how quickly is it all moving? Um, well, from the installer standpoint, I can only comment that far. Yeah. But from what I've seen, the the pace of growth has rapidly increased in the last few years versus the you know say in the last five years versus the five years before that. Um, the pace of the improvement of the film, the technology that goes into it, um, and new products that they're offering is is really impressive. You know, PPF is is you know there was clear, and then there was the stealth matte look. Mm-hmm. You know, and those were the two options. Well, now they've got ones that are tinted for headlights, so you can have oh, different wow. shades on your headlights, whether it's a smoked or a dark look or a yellow look like like a race car, you yeah. know, people like that, you know, and now they're they're coming out with a lot of colored films. So you can get a gloss black film, you can get a gloss red or a matte black. They've got carbon fiber PPF now. Oh wow. So, you know, some people like to do obviously maybe not the Teslas because <laughs> they have a glass roof, but a lot of people like that panoramic look on their car. So mm-hmm. they'll vinyl wrap the roof black on their car. It kind of gives it that look. Yeah. Um, well, now there's black PPF, and it looks like paint. <laughs> Vinyl doesn't. It looks okay from a few feet away, right. but it's not perfect. It doesn't last as long. Uh, well, now there's PPF, so you got the protection and a cool look. And that sector of this industry is exploding right now. Uh, and there's lots, lots more cool stuff coming. And that's that's exactly my next question. Like, what's what's coming down the pipe that you're keeping your eye on now? Um, there's uh, windshield film is like a, a totally new generation of windshield film is coming on the market now. Uh, there's going to be lots of improvement on that. Um, I think a few other film manufacturers have been kind of put on notice with this product release <laughs> and and are going to start bringing that stuff to market even more. Um, so it, it's cool to see that coming on the, on the scene. That's growing. You know, it's going to have a big market for that. Um, you know, everyone hates a cracked windshield. And if any anyone listening has had one replaced at Tesla, you know, it can be a pain in the butt. Yeah. So um, that's, that's a, a pretty cool thing. I think a lot of it is uh, some of the other stuff that's coming are all sorts of different color options. And... Um, it's it's really kind of the sky's the limit. It's mm-hmm. it's become a really nice way not just to protect the car but to personalize the car. Yeah, nice. That's cool. Um, so, how about this? If if somebody has a limited budget, what in your opinion should the top priority be? Is it is it paint correction? Is it ceramic coating? Is it the PPF? Is it something else? Like what's what's the first thing that you would do? to a car if you know if you kind of only pick one of the things that that mm-hmm. you do if i'm working with a limited budget the first thing i'm doing is paint protection film yeah um paint correction is great that makes the car look nice for sure 
Uh, ceramic coating's great. It also makes the car look nice, and paint correction is generally part of a ceramic coating service, or in our opinion, it should be. Um, but, uh, you know, we can ceramic coat your car with 100 miles on it or 100,000 miles on it. As long as the paint isn't peeling away, you yeah. waited that long, uh, we can do it way, way down the road. Um, we can polish out imperfections in the paint. That's what the paint correction's for. Um, but we can't polish out, we can't paint correct rock chips. You can, you can <laughs> touch them up yeah. over time, but it, it never looks quite right. And you do a lot of paint touch up and then put PPF on a car, it, it doesn't look good. So if we're working with a limited budget, you you do the thing that needs that needs to be done because first because it can't be done later yeah. you know without Makes possibly sense. having to repaint so i would pick ppf first and then down the road if you're like hey you know what i really like this but now we hey i got a bonus this month so let's do the paint correction on the car hey great we can do that um yeah i i put the emphasis on ppf first and and certainly you know you, you don't have to do the entire car most people don't but what's what is generally the the minimum you recommend cuz i know from my own personal experience on my last car my 2006 infinity g35 uh that was i feel like i mean you could speak to it better than i could but i feel like ppf wasn't a big thing then except maybe on like the exotics it hadn't mm-hmm. really filtered down to us common folk yet but it was around, and, and I like I got film done on just the nose of the car. And that very quickly became a huge regret because uh, a lot of little rocks chipped up the rest of the hood. And I had a ton of little rock chips in the hood. So if you're going to do something with the PPF, should, should you at least do kind of up to the mirrors, like the whole front end and, and hood? Like what's what's the minimum viable area that you should focus on that's generally what we recommend as a full front end and when we say full front end what we mean is we're doing the full bumper we're doing the headlights we're doing fog lights if the car has fog lights uh we're doing the full hood we're doing the full fenders and we're covering the mirrors yeah that's going to cover the majority of your high impact areas now on some cars that have you know a wider body to them you may want to do some more coverage. You've got a Porsche 911 that's got those, you know, wider hips, or a Corvette. The the plaid the plaid S has, the plaid has a little S. wider back there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even the Model Y as well. Uh, you know, it's very similar to the three, but those rear doors flare out a bit more than the three does. And uh, right in front of the rear tires on the Model Y is a high impact area. On and that and car. Tesla has started putting a little templated yes. cutout of film which probably makes you like ill to look at right <laughs> as a professional <laughs> yeah usually factory installed ppf isn't the best i've seen some are great some are terrible most are somewhere in between yeah um but almost any ppf installer is going to be able to do a better job than what the factory is going to give you yeah yeah that makes sense um so, and, and I guess another point, something I bring up a lot when I'm talking about Immaculate Reflections and my experience with you on the show is, and, and one reason I'm an advocate for PPF is not only has it saved me at least three incidents of paint damage, if not four. I think four. Four are we yeah. up to? But uh, something I, I like to point out is unlike most other cars, the entire front nose of a Tesla is paint because mm-hmm. there's no grill up there so 
you're going to catch those rocks and you're going to get those rock yeah. chips, right? And more more so, or it's going to be more noticeable in a Tesla than with other cars. Yes. Yeah, there's just, they're just more painted surface area. Uh, if you look at a lot of cars being made today, uh, you know, you look at the grills. Grills are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Look at Lexus. Look at Toyota. Oh, goodness. Look at what <laughs> BMW has done recently. Yeah. You know, the grills are just getting more and more massive. Um, Tesla is the complete opposite of that. It's just more and more paint up front. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you've got a larger face to strike, essentially, on the front of a Tesla. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a recommended thing. Let me ask you about ceramic coating, but not the paint. Uh, Something I see pop up amongst, you know, people in the Tesla community that, particularly those of us with white seats, you know, that they do... They are more upkeep. I always recommend them when people ask. I say, hey, yes, they're more upkeep. They're going to show more dirt. They do wipe off. But you got to be mindful of gene transfer, other things, and just get rid of it when it pops up, which you don't really have to worry about with the black seats. But I do hear some people are very much advocates for ceramic coating the white seats mm-hmm. to help stave off those the gene transfers and, and those kinds of things. But I've asked you about this before. Yeah, you are not uh, in the in the corner. You are not a fan of of ceramic coating the white seats in a Tesla, and I, I'm curious as to specifically why that is. So with white seats, because they show everything, um, you really have to be careful with them. Um, gene transfer is is awful, like to have that, and can be a pain to clean. So ceramic coating does offer a solution for that. Um, but with some companies, there have been adverse effects where I've seen seats that were coated and have now a slightly yellowy tinge to them or a blotchy look, you know, some of that is improper installation. Some of that is, uh, just the coating just wasn't very good. Um, we've tried multiple different ones and the ones that I've seen that have not had an adverse effect also didn't last very long. Essentially, what I see is a lot of inconsistency across the board. Mm -hmm. There are some people who do it, and they do it all the time and have no issues. Great. That's fine. I have more power to them. Um, But if you do damage those seats, they are not cheap to replace. And they are not quick to obtain either. So you got to think about the delay in replacing a customer seat, possibly. Um, it's one of those things where if you just stay up on the simple maintenance of gentle, consistent, regular cleaning, you know, 10 minutes a month. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that 10 minutes being spread over two or three times cleaning the seats. <laughs> right. It's very, very easy to maintain. So uh, that's why I'm, I'm generally not a big fan of it. It makes sense. Not to say that that won't change at some point. I just, I haven't seen, it doesn't seem worth it to me. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Now, uh, not everybody can or wants to spend a, you know, a reasonable bit of money on professional detailing services. So for those people, like what, what's, is there kind of a number one thing, a tip, something they can do at home on their own to just general, how do you keep your car looking as nice as possible if you're even if you're not going to take it to a professional detailer sure of course uh the biggest thing is just and how you wash your car learning how to wash the car properly because uh one of the biggest mistakes i see someone make is they they rinse off their car before they go to work 
So they take the garden hose and they spray their car down and they drive to work. Yeah. Well, you've got a few problems there. You're not getting off much dirt. Um, you're leaving water on the car. Um, what are the, what's the mineral content of that water? How hard is the water in your area? Um, you know, and then it's drying and baking in the sun, causing etch marks. So let's just get washing the car properly. You know, not everyone has the time to do the full two bucket meth and all mm-hmm. the, the, you know, big hoopla of, of, of all of that, but just picking a good wash mitt, learning uh, how to care for your microfiber towels, washing in the shade in a cool place, just starting there is a good thing. And, and you can check out on YouTube, and there's a million videos on how to wash your car, um, and there's a lot of really good ones. It, it seems like people are starting to kind of catch on yeah. to this process. So that's, that's kind of the foundation. But after that, it's like, well, I want to protect the car. What do I use? There's 10,000 different products. Well, uh, I would say go off of what has good consistency over time. That doesn't mean a Carnuba wax that's been on the shelf for 20 years, <laughs> but I would say a lot of the pop-up stuff that you see on social media with the big fancy claims, uh, I'd maybe not put as much faith into that, but look into more traditional like liquid sealants that are very easy to apply. Um, but ask around, read reviews. Um, YouTube is a great resource for yes. this kind of stuff. There are so many good do-it-yourself solutions to keep your car looking good at home. So if you don't want to spend a ton of money on it, you don't have to. There's there's great solutions out there. Are there any specific, you know, kind of general cleaning products that you recommend? Um, there's a few brands that you can pretty much go to and and, and trust really well. Um, you know, people ask me what brands do you use? Like, well. I've got a list of probably 300 different <laughs> products in my shop. Um, but some of the main ones that most people are familiar with, Meguiar's, I think, is is at the top. I mean, they have a huge product line. Um, and and just about everything I've used from them has been fantastic. Um, CarPro is another really good one. Um, uh, another brand that is is big in the coding world, um, uh, Gion or Gion or Gion. Gion, I think is how they say it. Um, they've got a lot of really good products as well. Um, you know, some of those those big names yeah. uh, are good. Chemical Guys, uh, their name gets thrown out a lot. Um, they've got a lot of products. I think they may have a little too many products. They, I think they've got like, I don't know, last I looked, a dozen different soaps. <laughs> so sometimes it can be a little overwhelming when you're looking at detailing products. But um, take your time. Read, read the descriptions of the products. See what works best for you. Um, and uh, if you have someone in your life who is enthusiastic about detailing or their cars, give them a call, shoot them a text, say, hey, is this a good soap? Should I check this out? Yeah. Um, and if all else fails, Google it, YouTube it. See what people have, have had results with and what's worked and what hasn't. Our uh, automatic car washes, does that send <laughs> a shiver up your spine? Are they like a total no-go for you? I wouldn't say that it's a hard and fast rule that they're a no-go, but uh, they don't make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside <laughs> either. Um, there's a couple, there's different kinds of automatic car washes. So there's the ones with the big spinning brushes. Those I'd say just avoid at all costs. Like yeah. those are those are hard on your paint. Um, I've had people say like, oh, I take it there every every week and there's not a scratch on my car. And then I see their car and I'm like, I don't know what you're looking at, <laughs> but uh, that is horrific. That is terribly swirled and scratched up. 
some people just don't see it. Mm -hmm. um, the other kind of uh, automatic car wash are the touchless ones. And those are better um, because there's no agitation on the surface. They can't get quite as much dirt out. So your car is yeah. not as clean technically. Um, but they have to make up for that with more pressure in those sprayers. And if you have paint protection film on the car or a vinyl wrap on the car, um, it's it's easy for one of those to catch an edge, uh, lift it up, <clears throat> cause damage to it. Um, and uh, so it's I generally don't recommend it. Um, and then you've got the car washes that are in the middle where you drop the car off yeah. and they hand wash like half the car and then it goes through the tunnel and then it either has touchless or big giant brushes. And when it comes out the other end, you see people hand wiping down. So it looks like it's a hand wash, but it really isn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, I, I, would, I would recommend having a mobile detailer come to you always before going to a brick and mortar location. Not that I have anything against those brick and mortar locations, but their job is to get cars out as quickly as sure, possible. That makes sense. And that generally does not yield the best result for your paint long term. Um, whereas you have someone comes to your house or maybe your work and they do it, they're going to have better equipment. Uh, they're going to have better tools. They're going to give your car, you know, more personal attention. It's going to be a better job. Now, uh, what about waterless car washing products? I mean, California has been mired in a drought. Some people just want to use less water or what have you. How are there good products there? Is that, is that something that you oh, yeah. are, are, are fond of? Yeah. Um, Waterless washes have come a very long way, and we do recommend them. Um, they need to be used uh, within limits, though. So uh, let's say you know uh, you, your Tesla is your daily driver, and then you've got a big lifted truck that you take out camping into the woods and get it muddy. Yeah, that might not be the one. You know, after a trip with it uh, to the to the woods uh, for a waterless wash. <laughs> yeah. Um, it can only, you have to think about the purpose of a wash is to evacuate dirt and debris from the surface. Uh, if you have running water, it is literally flushing it away. Uh, if you have a towel and a spray on liquid, it can only do so much. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to induce scratches while doing that. Um, or maybe not even scratches, but just general swirls, that light stuff that you don't notice at first, but over time starts to creep in. Um, Used properly, waterless washes are safe and they're great. They're very efficient. They're great if you're limited with water use. Um, so uh, most of the waterless wash products out there are pretty good. There's not many that I would say stay away from. Just use them properly. Use it liberally um, and enjoy cleaning your car. Cool. I'm really glad to hear that. I'm glad those are like a viable option. Yeah. In, in yeah. And, and even if someone... They they want to just use less water. And they don't want to do a waterless. Get an electric pressure washer. They're, okay. A lot of people are scared about those. Oh, I'm going to take the paint off. Like, well, just use a wide angle tip. Yep. They usually come with several, so use the widest one, and and stay about nine to twelve inches away from the paint. You're going to be fine. Yeah, you had me. That was one of the things when I, you know, because it's not just about like you you get you get a professional detailer and then you're done. You have to keep it up, and that's. Yeah. One of the things is you gave me, uh, I asked you for, what should I get at home to help maintain this? And that was a pressure washer was actually one of the things you said. And yeah, I think I spent maybe a hundred, 150 bucks on a Sunjo pressure washer. Mm -hmm. And it's, 
it works great. You just hook yeah. the hose up to it and it just, yeah, blasts everything right off and it does good work. So it's those, you know, you don't, I think a lot of people, you don't think about those as being like affordable home products and right. maybe they didn't used to be, but they sure seem to be now, so. Yeah, they're, they're fairly simple and straightforward. They they massively cut down on the water usage versus a garden hose. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're they're more efficient at cleaning the vehicle. There's a little more setup time, but not a big deal. But definitely, you know, electric ones the way to go. Gas powered ones, eh, I'd stay <laughs> away from those. Leave those for the construction sites. Uh, you and I were talking earlier about the Cybertruck because we were, you know, you were saying you've got your eye. You're trying to figure out maybe which Tesla to get for your next car because mm-hmm. uh, you you have so many Teslas come in that you've you've definitely become a fan and you do want to get one at some point. And I got to ask you, like, is the Cybertruck going to be a professional detailer's worst nightmare because it's a paintless, stainless steel bodied vehicle? Uh, the jury's out on that one. Um, I know a lot of colleagues of mine that have they've got stainless steel appliances at home. And so they've they've ceramic coated uh, and in some cases put PPF <laughs> on their refrigerators and uh Every single one who's done it says it's amazing. It's so easy to clean. And and I mean it's not getting out driven in the world, but you know, hey, kids dirty fingerprints and stuff like that, it just cleans up easy. Yeah. So um I'm really curious, you know, because no one has dealt with the Cybertruck yet. We still don't know exactly how shiny that finish is gonna be. Yeah. Some of the photos look very matte, some of the photos look really shiny. I can um, tell you as a DeLorean owner, it's all lighting because yeah. the stainless reflects the way it reflects light is very different than a traditional painted car. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, the idea of, as, as someone who owned a DeLorean for 12 years, putting PPF on stainless steel is c- almost comical to me because <laughs> the stainless doesn't, it's so low effort to maintain because it doesn't need to be waxed. It doesn't need to be ceramic. You just soap and water and you're good to go. So that's, yeah. I'm kind of curious what, you know, what talents of yours will will lend themselves to the Cybertruck, if any? I think uh, people ask me, do I need a ceramic coating? Do yeah. I need paint protection film? No, none of these things are a need. They are a nice to have. Yeah. Um, they are useful if you're gonna have your vehicle long-term, it's gonna be uh, driven uh, a whole lot. Um, but it's uh, with the Cybertruck, I think that nice to have is even elevated even further. <laughs> um, it's it's it'll be interesting. We're gonna have to wait and see. I know that vinyl wraps are gonna be insanely popular right. for the Cybertruck. Yes. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see that. And vinyl wraps benefit from ceramic coating. They last longer because uh, it gives a lot of UV protection to mm-hmm. vinyl. Vinyl, depending on the quality of it, it lasts anywhere from like one to five years. So if you ceramic coat it and get a few more years out of it, hey, that that might be a good investment. Sure. Um, with paint protection film, like we were we we're discussing earlier, um, when you wash a DeLorean, you've got to wash it with the grain. With the grain. Right. So there is a there is a right way to do that. Well, if you put paint protection film, you can wash it however That's you true. want. That's true. It makes it even easier. Yeah. Um, is it worth wrapping the whole thing for that probably not for most people <laughs> um but i'll tell you like you know if if i end up getting the cyber truck that i've ordered um 
the first thing I'm doing is I'm going to put PPF on it and see, let's see how it looks. See what it does, yeah. It, it will change the look, yeah. you know. There's gloss PPF, there's the matte PPF. Mm-hmm. Like, what are each of those going to do to how it looks? Um, so we're going to see, you know, fingerprinting, I know, uh, That's is a, a big, big deal. deal. Yep. Um, PPF kind of changed the game a little bit on that. Um, as as evidenced by, like I mentioned, my colleagues that have PPF their refrigerators, and th- they don't fingerprint as bad. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, but I'm excited to see the Cybertruck come out and, uh, and and see what we'll be dealing with. Yeah, I think maybe uh, you you could add a new skill to your to your repertoire if uh, if you learn how to regrain stainless steel with a belt sander and like high enough grit sandpaper to put. Because if somebody does get scratching, like deep yep. scratching, that's you can regrain the panels and, yes. and bring it back to completely new looking. I had my DeLorean completely refinished, completely regrained at one point because it was, you know, 25 years old at the time, and and it, I was doing a restoration. And boy, it it does make a big difference when you uh, if the if the grain of the stainless is is a mess or if it isn't. Right. So. Yeah, I, I, it'll be curious to see what yeah, happens. There's, with the there's an art just to that graining, doing it properly. Yes. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely see there's going to be just like that person, like, hey, I got a scratch in the parking lot on my Tacoma or my Model Three, or uh, it's going to happen to Cybertrucks. So, yep. I, we're going to have to figure out what what to do for that. Um, before I go to, so I, I solicited a bunch of questions from the Ride the Lightning audience via my Instagram. Uh, which you're also on, immaculate underscore reflections on Instagram. My last question for you before I go to those questions is, uh, how has have you seen any change one way or the other, hopefully improvement in Tesla, in the notorious Tesla paint quality for over the years? Because you've been now working on Teslas for the last, you know, four or five years plus. Have you seen any change? Um, yeah, I have. Um the the model 3 was the one that i felt introduced uh i don't want to say a lower paint quality but there were more issues model s more inconsistent maybe yeah early you know before the 3 came out cuz you know we did a lot of model s's when they first came out um the paint quality was really good not perfect not going to go that far yeah but it was good early model 3s had some issues um early model y's had some issues, but where it was remedied much faster with the yeah. Model Y than it was with the three. Uh, with Model Threes, gosh, a, a lot of them were coming from delivery with already repainted bumpers. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, um, but it was very common. Um, ones that weren't just maybe didn't have completely painted bumpers. So you look at the look at the little grill at the bottom of it, and the underside of it is primer color yeah. or or you know your multi-coat red becomes a multi-coat pink because <laughs> there's just not enough color to it um most of that has been resolved um the other i think the other issue with paint quality that people talk about is how easily the car scratches and chips um that's not unique to Ches- to tesla mm-hmm. um bmw porsche chevrolet they're gonna chip they're gonna scratch just as easily um so it's it's the requirements for paint these days the the paint comes out softer to be epa compliant now and the changes 
um, which around 2010 is when they started having to make those changes for the EPA, the water-based system. Um, it just chips easier. Yeah. So it it seems like, man, this just isn't as good. And in some ways, it's not. That solvent-based paint was just, it was a little more durable. Mm-hmm. Um so that's also one of the reasons that paint protection film has exploded so much is cars are chipping much easier these yeah. days. Um, but I, I will, I'm not going to say that Tesla's paint is perfect. However, I will give them props for uh, making a lot of improvements. And they're, they've, they haven't just made a few token improvements and then given up until somebody complained in. They have made continuous improvements. Do they still have, you know, a little ways to go? Sure. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm picky about paint. It's, it's what I do. And I want a Tesla. Like it's, it, it's not enough to turn me off yeah. of, of that car, even knowing that it's going to have some flaws in it. Oh, that's great to hear. That's what you want to hear that they're, they're, they're continually, continuously getting better. Uh, before I go to these Instagram questions, what's, what's your favorite part of your job? I'm just kind of curious. <sighs> My favorite part of the job is... Is probably twofold. It's is when I get a car in that maybe needs a little more help than average, and we knock it out of the park and just a- achieve a result that is beyond what my customer was expecting and beyond what I was hoping for. Yeah. So when we, when things just click in perfectly and you just you nail that combination of what you're using on the car and it's just like oh wow this looks amazing. Uh, I'd say that is tied with seeing customers' reactions to their cars. Some people are subdued about it, and like, hey, it looks great, cool, thank you so much. Um, my favorite is when someone walks through my office and into the shop and is talking, and they get through the door into the shop, and they stop dead. They, <laughs> they, they completely lose the sentence that they were just saying because the car just shocked them. Yeah, That's one of my favorite things. Um, seeing someone that excited about their car. Um, it's just, it's really cool because sometimes it's a brand new car and you just elevated that new car feeling, right. which is great. Sometimes it's a car that someone really loves, but man, it's just been neglected and it needed some help. And suddenly that car is what they remember it to yes. be or even better. Like, man, it, it, I've had this car since high school and it and it didn't even look good that good back then. <laughs> like it looks better than when I was, you know, 18. You know, those are some of the best uh things. That, those, I'm yeah, I I love, I love people's reaction uh to seeing their car done. That's awesome. All right, going to Instagram here. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan on Instagram if you're curious. And again, Jeff is at immaculate underscore reflections. I don't have real names here, just Instagram handles, but you'll know who you are uh, because, of course, every one of these people is a listener. So let me start with Gamer Ike 777 says, glad I got PPF on my Y. Thanks to your recommendation. What's the strangest PPF request he's gotten? And also, what's your current thoughts? What's your thoughts on the current EV marketplace from Bolts to the Rivian? Whew, okay, so the strangest PPF request, um, I've, I've, I've been asked to wrap some unusual vehicles, um, usually ones that don't have enough paint on them. Uh, <laughs> in, in the car world, uh, a survivor car that has patina. You know, it's original paint, it's got some rust spots on it. That patina, that, that on certain cars, that's a valuable thing. Um, 
I've I've been asked to PPF cars like that, and uh, it's it's a little odd. Um, uh, different objects for PPF, so not cars at all. Huh. Um, this is not so unusual, but it's it's just something we're starting to get into is uh, countertops. Hmm. So you get like a, a marble countertop, and hey, you spilled white wine or red wine on it, and it stained it. You know, we had someone not far from here with a white marble top, and we put PPF on it to protect against that very thing. But we've had requests for wrapping, um, you know, gosh, I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a total blank here right now. I had a few things. Clearly all kinds of crazy non-car things is the point. Yeah, we, we've had some odd <clears throat> things. Um, I think one was a trophy, and I'm like, no, there's just no <laughs> way. Like, I can't, it's not possible. Things that basically PPF is just not going to conform and right. really fit well. <laughs> right. Um, um, here's the next one, which, uh, which I actually talked about on a recent podcast. We'll make this one quick. Ollie the Black Cat asks best way to get scuff marks off of the black glove block glove box material in the three and in the y well uh i think uh, i think you covered that on the podcast yeah. the chemical guys vrp yes um it, it really looks it looks nice um and uh you know it it depends on what that scuff is. If it's just a light scuff, you know, your knee scraped against it or something like that, like, eh, it's going to be Which is, fine. I think, most people. That's what right. mine was. Exactly. Um, if someone dragged something sharp across it and it's <laughs> torn the material, right. you just need a new glove box. Yeah. Uh, you can't really fix that. But the light scuff, the everyday kind of stuff, yeah, it's, it's going to look good. It's going to look nice. So, um, yeah. And seeing that firsthand on yours... I was like, I was impressed by it. It's not a product that we typically use here, but, uh, you know, it's one I might actually pick up. Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised, too. It, it, it exceeded my expectations. Uh, here's Tadman Flash. Should ceramic coating be done before a PPF installation or after? Um, if they're being done, they need to be done, yes. The, the PPF should go first and then ceramic coating. Um, we have had a few people where they were doing PPF elsewhere, but they wanted us to do the ceramic coating. Um, so we ceramic coated all of the areas of the car that were not getting PPF. Um, and uh, then the PPF installers didn't have any issue because the ceramic coating makes stuff not want to stick to the paint. So the last thing you want to do is then <laughs> put an adhesive layer yeah. protective film on top of the ceramic coating. Um, film companies and ceramic coating companies agree on this for the most part. Um, do your PPF, then do your ceramic coating. And you can put ceramic coating on top of the film, and that gives the film a little bit extra chemical and UV resistance, which is great. There's, mm -hmm. there's no downside to that. It also makes it very easy to clean. So uh, the two pair very well together, but you definitely put the PPF down first, then do your coating. Love it. Uh, Chris XPY... One, how to how to best clean the carpets of the car, and two, how to remove tar from the lower part of the car. Okay, these are both fairly easy. Um, so for the carpets, um, for light cleaning, um, you want to use you don't want to use heavy cleaners. I would stay away from the auto parts store with the can of foam that has the brush on it. Stay away from that. 
Um, it, those are if you have to, those are for bigger, nastier spills and stuff like that. General light cleaning, um, Folex, F-O-L-E-X. Okay. Uh, great carpet cleaner. It's been around a long time. It's a staple in the industry. I believe you can get it at Home Depot and it is really inexpensive. It works great. Um, it's just it's just a good cleaner. Um, now, if you've got a spilled milkshake in the car, I suggest you, as fast as you can, get to like an experienced detailer and have them use a steamer and especially an extractor. Um, anything that has dairy in it, um, if that's spilled in your car, you want to evacuate that out. If you just scrub it into the carpet, it's just going to be a bigger mess in the right. future. So it depends on what the spill is, but uh, Folex is a great one. Also, uh, the company 303, uh, they have a very good carpet and spot cleaner. Um, very similar, also inexpensive, works really well. As for the tar, um, any light or mild solvent is going to work well. Uh, I wouldn't go straight to like mineral spirits or things like that, um, but uh, especially if you have PPF on the section because you don't want to damage that. But uh, CarPro Tar X is probably my favorite. It's a okay. mild solvent. Um, it's safe on ceramic coatings. Um, and uh, it's, its whole job is to take off tar and all that grime and nasty stuff that gets stuck to the paint. Uh, this next one here, Calm Killer. I think we covered the f- his first question about, you just talked about having both PPF and ceramic coating. But uh, they also ask here, does that create, if you have both, does that create two layers of film or protective layers? And you did answer the, does one adhere to the other correctly? Yes, if you go film first then. But yeah, that's, I, I hear that a lot. Like some, They're not really both, they, they both protect, but one's physical and one's more like UV yeah, basically, so, yeah. right? They both protect the paint, but they protect from different things. Yeah. So if anyone is telling you ceramic coating is going to stop rock chips, uh, I, I would not return to that person. Uh, they're either inexperienced or, or not looking out for your best interest. Um, but uh, yeah, so if you want to stop rock chips, if you want to stop scratches, like actual scratches, um, you know, impacts to the paint, paint protection film is going to do that for you. Ceramic coating uh, is a long-term protection for the paint that is designed to protect it from UV exposure, so from the sun, uh, from chemicals, so, you know, the road grime and, and you know, oil, automotive fluids, the stuff that really sticks to your car, especially in wintertime, um, that's very hard on your paint. Uh, it's great against that. It also makes the cleaning of your car exceptionally easy, much, much faster to, to wash and dry your vehicle with a ceramic coating. Yeah. Uh, and it makes it look really good, too. Nice. Uh, frankly, Ray, oh, okay, we covered this. We talked about uh, automatic car washes, so we covered that. Let's see. Uh, XTN Vieira, do I need to paint prep my car for ceramic coating if I just picked it up from a shop where it got full PPF? Just looking ahead and considering only paying for PPF on my next Tesla, then taking it home and immediately applying ceramic coating myself. So for that, it's going to depend on what film was installed on your vehicle. There are some films that do have a ceramic-infused top layer to them. Uh, both S-Tech has this, and SunTech just released a ceramic-infused top layer uh, film as well. So um, generally, there will be some amount of prep, but um, it's not that difficult. 
Um, it also depends on the coating you're going to use, but most of the consumer do-it-yourself coatings are going to be just fine on it. Um, I would research it a little bit just to make sure. I would talk with the people that are installing your film and get their opinion on it as well. But uh, we have had multiple customers who wanted to do their own ceramic coating at home and they wanted us to do the film, no problem. So uh, we installed the film and we even gave them some tips on how to do their ceramic coating. We had them, when they came up to uh, pick up their car, I asked them, hey, bring the coating with you. I wanna look at it and uh, let me give you some tips on how I can make your installation easier when you go home and uh, generally they've had pretty favorable results. Nice, well that's, uh, that was the next question from Colt GTI was exactly that, so you just covered that, of at-home ceramic coating. Uh, healthy binging, we just covered that too. Best treatment for white seats on a brand new Tesla, just regular light maintenance there. Uh, here we go, here's Joe, Joe and Ace 56. Hey Ryan, if I can't afford to do PPF on my bumper and hood right now, What's the best way to keep it clear of rock chips and blemishes? Um, drive further away from other people. <laughs> <laughs> Try to not drive the highways if you can. Um, there's, there's not much else really for that. Uh, that is the job of paint protection film. And without it, um, I mean, you can put painter's tape on the car. It's not going to have the best look, and rocks can still penetrate that pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I would uh, definitely increase the follow distance you have with other vehicles and try and stay clear of construction zones. You know, this kind of this next one from uh, Mud Dauber 107 kind of touches on something you talked about earlier with mobile, a mobile detailer. It says, people in my area often ask for recommendations on mobile detailing services, including tint and, and ceramic coating. Can you realistically expect a good result from anyone not performing these services in an enclosed service bay? It depends on your expectations of, of the outcome of the job. Can a good job be done? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'd say probably a little bit easier with the coatings than with tint. Tint really does need to be done in a controlled environment because yeah. you get a windy day and your tint's just going to look like a mess. Um, ceramic coating is highly influenced by temperature and humidity um so if it's uh if it's if it's done properly mobile it can it can be a good job yes but a mobile installer is going to have to contend with a lot more issues that will affect the quality of the job than someone at a fixed location with a controlled environment um, for the professional grade coatings that we use uh, a change in temperature of five to ten degrees or a change in humidity of uh, like up to maybe just 10% um, can drastically affect the time that we have to apply and wipe it off. Oh, wow. Um, or the time in between coats if we're doing multiple layers on a car. Um, the consumer level coatings, which really is the only ones, in my opinion, that should be done mobile. If you're going to do coating mobile and it's not in a controlled environment, it, it needs to be one of the more basic you know, consumer grade ones, because those are designed to be easier to install. Um, so yeah, you, you can have a good job done, um, but it's not quite the same as having a professionally done coding in a shop. It's just, it's, it makes the job harder. Excellent. Well, I want to thank the Ride the Lightning audience for submitting those excellent questions via Instagram. 
And thank you, Jeff, for sitting down and talking detailing, because I like learning about this stuff. As somebody that does care about my car, as I say, it's it's the most expensive thing I've ever bought. So it's like, I, I care about it, and I want it to stay looking good, and there's clearly a lot in this, uh, in this world of detailing to learn. So thank you for answering all those questions, and uh, if you are in or around the San Francisco Bay Area and you want to get your car the professional treatment from Jeff, you can check out his website at irdetailing.com. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It was great talking with you, Ryan. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I had a good time sitting down with Jeff and just getting his perspective on things and and learning stuff. I'm always happy to learn new things about what is clearly a very rapidly evolving industry, the detailing world and all these new products that are getting better, all these new technologies. So thank you to Jeff for taking the time to do that. And I hope you got something out of that as well. Well, uh, speaking of detailing... I've got to wash my car when I get back from the trip that I am on right now because it was already dirty when I left, but I had that decision. Well, do I come back to a dirty car or do I clean it before I leave and come back to a clean car with a layer of dust on it? I chose the former, so there is that. Uh, I'll give you a quick entertainment recommendation while I'm here. I haven't done this in a few episodes. Star Wars Visions on Disney+. Plus. It is kind of a, it's a bunch of basically anime studios taking a crack at these short form episodes of Star Wars. Really, really interesting. Uh, kind of, a, you see these unique visual styles, unique storytelling styles that, uh, that I enjoyed watching. So check those out if you're a Star Wars fan and or an anime fan. Uh, pro tip of the week time here. It comes from Todd in Cleveland. Go ahead, Todd. Hey there, it's Todd in Cleveland. Um, I've got a, a tip, at least maybe maybe old news for most, but something I've found handy in the last uh, few months. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, pups that uh, have sort of free reign in the front yard, um, and uh, they're a little wild when you come driving into the into the into the house. And uh, my wife and I typically have to stop the cars and get out and shuttle shuttle them into the house to make sure. We know where they're at when we're pulling in. Well, I realized a few weeks ago um, those repeater cameras uh, make a pretty handy pet spotting tool, and uh, I use them almost every time I pull in now when the dogs are out, so I keep track of them. So if you've got some dogs that uh, have uh, dogs or cats or llamas, whatever, um, I I guess you could uh, use those repeater cameras like I do. It makes me feel better anyway, Um, a little safer when I'm pulling into the driveway. when they're out and about. Um, thanks for the podcast. Uh, listen as often as I can and uh, uh, drive safe out there. Thanks, Todd. It's yet another good use for those cameras and one that Tesla probably wasn't even thinking about when they added that feature to the UI. Good stuff. If anybody else out there, by the way, has a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with your fellow owners and enthusiasts, please call in with it with the uh, the same way that you call in with the regular hotline, which I realize I didn't give you the information for that on this particular episode, thanks to the interview. So let me give you the info now. The toll-free number to call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline is one 888 That's one 888 989 TSLA, 
Alternatively, you can use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your questions or pro tip. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less either way. And then email that file in to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. All right, before I go, let me say hi to the uh, Patreon backers and some friends of the podcast that can hopefully help you out. I will start with uh, Abstract Ocean. AbstractOcean.com, the Costco, as I like to call them, the Costco of Tesla aftermarket accessories. Check them out, AbstractOcean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Whether you're picking up the tempered glass screen protector, the new generation, fourth gen one they've got, whether you're going for one of their many awesome interior lighting kits, which are great, uh, the, the just those are a big favorite as well. They've got the drop-in cup holder stabilizer, all sorts of goodies. Again, the website abstractocean.com, coupon code RTL podcast. How about the snap plate, which you can get at everyamp.com slash RTL. That is your one-stop shop for a front license plate bracket for any of the four Teslas in production now. It is safe, secure. It's not going to mess with your paint. It's not going to mess with autopilot, your air intake, your radiator, uh, your parking sensors, none of that. It's just a nice, clean front plate. Uh, Much nicer, much better, in my opinion, than the one that Tesla includes with your car upon delivery. So check that out again at everyamp.com slash RTL. And let's see, puretesla.com slash RTL, once again, that is the place to grab your Sentry Mode slash Dash Cam kit. One-stop shop, and, and I mean that because it's 49 bucks shipped free for the 128 gigabyte version, shipped free anywhere in the U.S., comes fully formatted out of the package, ready to go. Just open up the package, plug it straight into your car, you're done. You now have a dash cam and a sentry mode, and it's a micro SD based solution. So that means it is designed for the constant reading and writing and reading and writing that the sentry mode and dash cam does. So I'm running it in my car. I love it. I've been running it for quite a while. Zero problems whatsoever. I don't even have to think about it, which is how it should be. So get yours at puretesla.com RTL. They've also got that wireless game controller kit. If you are a big gamer in your Tesla, be it at supercharger stops, waiting for your to pick up your kid at school, whatever it is, that's as available at the same URL. And then Jada. Go to getjada.com slash ref slash eight. I know that's not as clean of a URL. So uh, the link to that is always in the show description, the show notes, if you're ever curious, because that referral link, full transparency, Will uh, they'll throw a couple of bucks from the sale my way if you do buy anything from Jada. So please use that link if you can. In return, though, in return for you using that somewhat annoyingly <laughs> long URL, I offer a coupon code with a discount. And that coupon code is simple. It's RTL. So check that out. Whether you're picking up the USB hub console for the 2021 or 2022 threes and Ys, whether you're getting the USB hub Uh, excuse me, the Jada Tray, I should say, the Jada Tray for the pre-2021 threes and whys. I've got one in my car. It's very nice. I've talked about that before. And then, of course, my favorite thing, which I always mention during this plug, the Jada Wireless Charging Pad, 
for those of you with, again, pre-2021 threes, uh, just threes, actually, because the Y has had it built in the whole time. Uh, but yeah, you got to get a wireless phone charger that's just looks stock, looks beautiful, works great, plug and play, no tools needed, very easy. Get jada.com slash ref slash eight coupon code RTL. And finally, if you're if you want to you know get the podcast delivered to you automatically rather than you having to seek it out, you can follow it or subscribe, whatever the terminology is on each given platform on pretty much all the major uh, places you get podcasts. So that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify, which are also natively available in your Tesla, so you can listen that way in your car. Uh, I'm also in audio-only form. I'm on YouTube, just as an audio syndication. That's all it is there. But if that is your preferred place to listen, you can do that by searching Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube. you got to throw in the Tesla or it's going to pull up Metallica. Uh, Ride the Lightning Tesla, and you can subscribe to my channel right there. Uh, You can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'm on the social medias, or at least two of them, Twitter and Instagram, same handle on both, DMC underscore Ryan. And finally, uh, the Patreon. This is the part of the show where I mention that, and hopefully it is clear the commitment that I make to this podcast week in and week out, the effort that I put in, the research and the time and the love, the enthusiasm. So if at some point... You do see fit. I mean, the holidays are here, so maybe uh, maybe now's the time where you think, hey, you know what, Ryan? I've been listening to you for a while. I like what you're up to, and I appreciate that you're here every single week without fail. I'm going to back you on Patreon. I'm going to throw you a little support. You can do that on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Podcast. And that's got all the different tiers and bonuses and perks that you get at each different tier. So just take a look at that. I will. I would be humbled and grateful if at some point you uh, saw fit to take a look and consider backing my efforts here. There are both monthly pledge options and annual pledge options. If you just want to do it once for the year and not think about it uh, for the rest of the year, there's a 5% discount in it for you if you do the annual pledge. So either one of those, check it out. Much appreciated there. And on that note, uh, before I go, let me say, of course, thank you to the Plaid and Up level supporters. These are the ultra generous friends of the podcast. I'll start with the Plaid level crew. Thank you very much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Paul Casarino, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Rick Dean, and not Elon Musk. Thank you all very much. And of course, the Maximum Plaid backers. Thanks to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, Charles Galpin, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, 
Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Zachary Howard, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron Huxley, John Cody, another Aaron, and the uh, latest edition of the Maximum Plaid Backer Crew, unless... That is, maybe if there are any new ones in the last week, because I recorded this before I left. If that's you, I'll mention you next week. Uh, Sonar Tech 77 thank you very much as well. And finally, the Roadster in Space tier backers, thank you very much. To Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Scooter Ward, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Crafty Geek, Richard Stokes, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, and Howard Anthony Smith. That will wrap it up for this 330th episode of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. Again, I will be back, quote unquote, live with you in time for next week's show to cover all of the latest Tesla news, as I'm sure there is plenty. So with that, again, I wish you all a happy Thanksgiving, safe travels if you are traveling, happy electric motoring, and for a sleeping Daisy the Boxer, big surprise. It's actually daylight right now as I'm pre-recording this. She's still asleep. I guess the podcast, me me doing the podcast, just zonks her out. Hopefully that's not what happens to you. Although I have heard from some members, some listeners that I've met in person where either uh, somebody will, like usually... Uh, Somebody in the family will go, oh, yeah, I I often uh, will go to sleep listening to it. And I guess, you know what? If you're getting something out of it, even if it's falling asleep, if I'm helping you fall asleep, I guess that's a good thing. But all right, that's enough out of me. Uh, Happy electric motoring again, my friends, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.